Hello and welcome to this episode of the coaching podcast from British Canoeing. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the British Canoeing Awarding Body Coaching Podcast. We've got a really, really good discussion going on today. I'm not going to spoil it too much, but we're going to talk around Black History Month and the topic proud to be as part of our hashtag we paddle together campaign. So I'm really pleased to have with me Helena. Helena Russo, um, and two special guests that I will let her introduce. Thanks, Ben. Um, welcome to the podcast, Chris Brain and Noah Dembele. Uh, Chris is a paddle sport coach uh, who's very experienced, lots of um, time out on the water coaching and instructing. And we've got Noah Dembele with us, who is a programme athlete training currently down at Home Pierpont in Nottingham. So thank you so much to both of you for joining us today. As Chris said, uh, this month is uh, Black History Month, and we're really delighted to have you here today to talk about your experiences and some of the topics that are important to you. So as Ben introduced, the, the uh, theme this month is proud to be. So Chris, we'll start with you. Um, what does proud to be mean for you, not just for Black History Month, but for the rest of the year too? What are you proud to be? Well, I, I'm really proud to be a Padua, really proud to uh, be a coach and be able to pass on skills and knowledge to, uh, to the people that I'm working with. And, and also really proud to, to be able to be involved in something like this as well and to, to speak as a representative of paddle sport and, and to be involved in the, in the conversation. So amazing. Yeah, really proud. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. And Noah, what about you? What are you proud to be? Um, I say, well, yeah, I'm really proud uh, to be yeah, in the position that I am. Um, but like obviously I've uh, worked, worked very hard for it, but um, yeah, I say I'm, I'm one of the, I think I am the only sort of uh, mixed race black person um, in, I think, all of the programmes. So, yeah, pretty, pretty chuffed that, yeah, starting to make a dent mm -hmm. in, 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 <laughs> in the current situation. Um, and, yeah, um, I think that's... that's <laughs> amazing no that's fine thanks Noah and I think we've got two quite different perspectives here because Chris you're someone who's coached for a long time and Noah you've obviously spent a long time being coached so I'm really looking forward to kind of understanding your experiences from either side of the tape as it were um but Chris we'll, we'll start with you again but for for someone who is a coach um and has got a lot of experience in this space what makes a good coach in in your opinion as a as a kind of broad overview what are some of the kind of key attributes that you associate with being a good coach so I think for me the the really important thing is building the relationship so the, the relationship is I, th I think it's just the foundation it's the heart of of any coaching that you're going to be doing whether that's a a, a real short term like a one-off kind of coaching session or if it's a, a long-term thing just getting to know the the people that you're working with I think is just super super important I, th I feel like you can't do any any good work on or off the water without having some kind of relationship with them. And it doesn't necessarily need to be like a, a laughing, joking kind of com uh, kind of relationship. It could be, uh, you know, very professional, very formal one. But I think knowing the knowing the people that you're working with is is really, really important. And I think backed up with like experience and knowledge like, of the sport and, and what it is you're talking about um, and a, a good set of eyes and, uh, and ears <laughs> as a coach as well, I think is super important, too. Amazing. Thanks, Chris. And Noah, from like you said, like I said previously, for someone who's been in a coached environment for a really long time, is that stuff that resonates for you? Are there different elements that make a good coach 
on your uh, yeah, no, behalf. I agree with what yeah Chris has to say I think it's um I think one of the things I appreciate most about a good coach is where their ability to you know, understand you um and sort of yeah a willingness to sort of listen to you know what you've got to say mm-hmm. um and yeah for me uh like I, I I do talk a lot of rubbish sometimes and stuff like that but it's just it's nice when when you know that they, they don't shut you down and and you know yeah as I said they're willing to listen um and yeah so for example if I, if I had a problem and stuff like that um it's it's really really nice to to have a coach that you could you know discuss the problems with and from from that discussion sort of come up with uh potential solutions to to that that problem um and i say a key thing for me it, sort of within um yeah being in, in uh sort of the, the elite sort of side of things is, is, is having trust for for the coach so trusting that you know they've got your best uh, in, uh intentions in mind and stuff like that um so yeah that's, that's what i say make, make a good, good coach thanks Noah. and from from your perspective is that something that you've you know trust is something that i think a lot of people think builds over time in your experience is that does that take time for you or is that something that actually you if you can have that rapport with someone that actually it can come quite naturally and it can come quite quickly or do you think it's a it's a time thing an investment thing um yeah i guess yeah you, you definitely have to, to build up a relationship and stuff like that um uh, yeah that's, a, that's yeah a tough one really yeah it's got to, yeah build build a rapport build a relationship and i think yeah the trust trust then develops from that great and at British Canoeing, we talk a lot about individualization, especially in coaching and, and treating the individual as an individual, looking at their needs and, and ambitions within the coaching space and that pe- person-centered approach. Is this something that you've either used or experienced yourself? And how does that play out for you in creating a more inclusive coaching environment? So, no, we'll start with you. How does that kind of person-centered approach impact on you as, a, as an athlete? um I think I oh know so yeah um I think yeah as an approach I think that's a really really good one to go by I think everyone's different um everyone has yeah different sets of needs or, or, or ways in which they, they they want to work um so yeah like if yeah coaches are able to sort of adapt to, to who you are as a person uh, and sort of make yeah the relationships work and stuff like that I think uh, it, it really helps to bring bring the best out of yourself um and right. yeah also the coach as well yeah wicked thank you and chris as a, as a coach um uh, does individualization and person-centered approaches feature heavily with what you do i would hope that it would that's a little bit of a setup question but for you what are the impacts on on either yourself or those that you are coaching or delivering to yeah, I'd really like to think that it it does. I'm sure if you were to come on a coaching session with me, it would feel like it was about what you wanted to do, and and uh, you felt very much like an individual on the on the the coaching session. What's interesting, I suppose, for me is that that's that's not what I've always done. Um, okay. I think it's what I've done for quite some time now. But I I remember back to when I got started, and I and I think I was still building great relationships with people and still interacting really well. But but essentially, my coaching was was the same regardless of who you were and, and and what your aspirations were everybody got the same kind of product so to speak and um, we're talking quite historically now that's not that's not a recent thing but um once i realized how important it and how how beneficial it could be to to go with a more individualized approach and to really to really tailor it to what people want and need 
I, I think you just see you see so many benefits from that. People really loving what you're doing, wanting to to do more of it, want to go out paddling and and develop their skills when you're not there as well. And and I think you really get that from that um, individualized approach, as opposed to, um, as I say, when I say historically, I'm talking 20 years ago or so, um, just kind of doing the same thing regardless of who you were. I think we all do that, don't we? When we first start out as coaches, I'm coaching a couple of different sports. And when you first start out, it's that like nerve wracking. Like you've got your little playbook, haven't you? And you just kind of you read off of that. And that's you hope for the best after. Yeah, just initially, qualified. there's a lot of safety there, I think, in, in doing <laughs> that for sure. Um, and, and you know, there, there'll certainly be times where maybe I'll, I'll step back into that briefly for, with, with purpose and for a reason. But um, the, the vast majority of what I'm trying to do, I'd say I'd say virtually all of what I do is is intending to be individualized and person-centered for sure. Amazing. I think as well, because we're we're an activity and a sport that, you know, we're not necessarily present in schools, for example, and we might have a lot more adults come to us for their first experience of of participating in that example. You you do want people to feel like they can come back, that that's an experience that's been tailored to where they sit currently within their experience. And and without that inclusive kind of welcoming space and and that really individual approach, you know, it's, it's obviously only for the best. So that's great to hear from both of you. Um, the next question is that I've got is around kind of representation uh, across the organization and across the sport, but obviously within a within a coaching context here. And now I'm going to come to you first with this question, because I think you're someone who's been very vocal within the organization around this. Um, and we do get challenged quite a bit on representation, whether it's in the imagery or the footage or within the organization, for example. So my question is, is the representation of black communities in paddling something that you feel needs improving and how would you like to see that done in the coaching community or in your case uh, Noah the athlete community um yeah well I, I, I do think it is something that is yeah quite important um I don't know it's just yeah it's like with, with the whole idea of like role models and stuff like that mm-hmm. if you if you were to see someone you know similar to uh, or a similar background of you you know doing something amazing and stuff like that that's maybe going to put an idea into you saying you know maybe you know that, that could be me as well um so yeah I, I, I yeah I, like I think I'd hope yeah for, for for more representation just just to yeah just to allow sort of yeah people from different backgrounds yeah to to brilliant to see that um yeah it's possible great and you talk you talked a little bit there about role models is that one of the kind of tools you think is best for improving representation because obviously we you know you I would consider you a role model in this space um uh, is that something that you would like to see more of uh yeah 100 percent like <laughs> I wouldn't quite see myself as a role model but uh, that's uh, nice here but um is there anything is there anything else besides role modeling that you'd like to see i mean you're obviously involved with you know programs like our world too for example is it more about having conversations and sort of broaching some of those topics as well or education is there anything else that you'd like to see to help broach that topic no, i need a minute to think about that that's one. okay that's we'll we'll go to chris and we'll come back yeah, no problem yeah, yeah, yeah. so so uh chris again same kind of question to you is is representation of the black communities in paddling something that you feel needs improving and if so um you know how would you like to see this done you know kind of through the coaching community so it's really interesting actually and and i suppose my my thoughts on that 
can sometimes go back and forth a little bit and, mm. and say, oh, it's something we really need to to do something about. And then and then other times I think, but the pattern community is is typically so welcoming and inclusive. Like, do we need to do something about it? So mm. so I I sometimes find myself a bit conflicted with with whether or not we we need to to make an intentional change in in the representation. But but I think back to uh, to when I was getting started in paddling and, you know, I was 15, 16 and, and you know, that's a, that's a, a difficult age, um, I think, for, for a lot of young people. And it's a, it's a challenge to know who you are and what you're doing. And at that, at that point, you know, I found, I found this like paddling community and it was just, it was just incredible. It's like, it was just becoming connected to a, to a load of people that all of a sudden were really important to me and, and, and I really love being around, but mm -hmm. it, it wasn't a particularly diverse community, but but that didn't matter. It was just, yeah. you know, these are the people I want to hang around. And that was, that was really cool. So at the time it didn't feel like a, um, a big issue, but I, I remember I, I used to work at a climbing wall and they, they had a stack of magazines and I'd sit on reception, I'd read the magazines. And, and I remember getting through these magazines and I, I pulled this magazine out and on the front of it, um, was, uh, it was a guy called Trevor Messiah, uh, black climber, big, long dreadlocks hanging down his back <laughs> and he's hanging off this wall. And I just looked at it and I thought, I've never seen that before and that <laughs> that was just really really powerful to think not not only had I never seen a black climber on a on a climbing magazine mm. I just I just never realized that it might have that kind of effect on me so I thought it, it was it was a real turning point where I thought I don't I don't necessarily see much di a huge amount of diversity at this is at the time involved in paddle sport um, mm. but the question was like you know is that is that important and then it was only maybe a month ago that, you know, I'm down in Nottingham and I, I rock up to the water and I see this, uh, this athlete, this, this <laughs> person on the water, Noah. And I'm just like, uh, I'm just like, who's that guy? <laughs> yes. Like, this is, this is amazing. You know, like, and, and I think, and I think the, the sort of visual rep representation of the sport and who's included in it, who's involved, um, might be, might be changing. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I've got I've got a young niece who's growing up. I'd love to take her paddling, and and I'd I'd love for her to potentially be able to see some some role models that maybe reflect who who she would see herself being as an individual, yeah. and uh, and and seeing people like Noah on the water is just is just amazing. So so I I I'm a little bit conflicted with the answer, but I think it I think it is important for people to to see. A diverse range of people that may reflect who they feel like they are involved in paddling. I think you've summarised that so nicely, Chris. I think it's almost that content of, you know, yes, representation is important for some, and possibly others feel that they are well represented, and that's fine. And I think we just should always be cognizant that there are some groups that maybe are just generally underrepresented, and that's not a bad thing to make sure that they're included and involved in that, because as you said, the impact could be so significant. Um, so no, we'll, we'll come back to you. You know, in terms of um, diverse representation, um, is there anything else that you'd like to see done? Is there a, a way that we could go about increasing representation uh, and what the impact's been for you i would put more of an emphasis on sort of like a welcoming a welcoming environment um mm -hmm. so it's like yeah i think obviously having uh that more representation makes people feel potentially feel maybe more comfortable to, to sort mm -hmm. of uh uh be involved in stuff like that um but yeah i think i think i think i would i would want to see 
it's a difficult one. Like, I, I've always found like I've always been like the odd one out, if that makes mm. sense. When it when it comes to to to, to being in, in this sport and stuff like that, and it's, it's it made me feel like a little bit uh, awkward at times, and and uh, not not really quite knowing how, how I fit and stuff like that. So, like, I I, I would like I would want to see maybe well, I don't know how, what it would look like mm. but um yeah essentially a bit more of a well a, a diverse a diversity would obviously help help with that but yeah just um uh, I, I don't know like may, maybe a little bit more done just to make people who, who, who may not be the same as you know the, the majority feel, feel mm. a little bit more welcome a, bit, a little bit more part of the community um so then you can kind of just forget about the, the whole yeah, not, yeah. Not, not being quite you know yeah being different and stuff like that so, so it's almost it's almost like maybe some of that culture maybe in some yeah. of that that area to kind of you know improve on on that so that everyone including those that come from the black communities are, are welcome in that space that's great thanks Noah yeah thank you both of you it's, it's, it's really interesting sort of sat here listening to you talking about it and I think one thing I will emphasize coach and I can imagine all three of you agree is it's okay not to have the right answer immediately. It's okay to turn around and say, actually, I don't know. Let me find out. Let me improve my knowledge um, and my experience of it. And then I'll come back to you. It's a lot better to say that than try and um, come up with an answer, especially when we're dealing um, with trying to create an inclusive setting, because sometimes just giving any answer may exclude people. So you need time to potentially think about it and, there's 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 nothing wrong with that as a coach to actually turn around and say I don't know um coaches aren't the font of all knowledge and actually sometimes they can say I don't know but I'll find out and sort of based on that and what we've just been discussing I'd like sort of both of you to give me a little bit of advice you'd give to a coach to allow them to be more inclusive to have a more inclusive environment so I'll go to Chris first, obviously from a coaching perspective, and then I'll come to Noah from an athlete perspective based on his experiences being coached. What advice, Chris, would you give a coach to help them be more inclusive and opening and potentially create more role models like Noah moving forward? I think I think the important thing would be to to ask some questions to the the people that you're you're coaching. You know, find out what it is that they that they want. Um, find out what it is that's important to them, maybe what's driving them engaging in in the sport, and and try and listen to listen to those answers. It, it could be something really different that maybe you've never you've never done before. It could be that maybe there's some barriers potentially that uh, that that you have never seen present before, or you wouldn't know. Maybe you know there's a there's an issue with something like water confidence or swimming ability or something like that. And so I I think just uh, just finding out and asking those questions, I think, is a really important starting point. And of course, listening to the answers. Yeah, and I think that's a, a really important thing that we've got to remember as coaches is actually you've got to listen to the answers. And sometimes there might be answers you don't like and are uncomfortable conversations to have and, and answers that you potentially don't want to hear, but you've still got to take them on board and act upon them. And I think that is the mark of a great coach is the ability to take on almost criticisms and, and adjust to that so no I'll come to you now what what advice would you give to a coach to make the environment more inclusive um yeah well as Chris said I definitely put in an effort to get to know 
the person, the individual, and stuff like that. Uh, I think that's that's really key, and um, and and yeah, get, getting a yeah, just getting a grasp of of who that person is, um, uh, and then yeah, how, how from from that point, yeah, building that relationship, uh, and, and sort of keeping things positive, keeping things uh, yeah, going in the right direction. Yeah, no, thank thank you very much. Um, thank you for that, Noah. It's it's sort of it's just really interesting um, hearing hearing you two discuss these sort of things. And I think it'd be really really helpful for our coaching workforce to start having almost these conversations with themselves, with people around them, um, and, and and almost reflecting on their practice moving forward. Leading off the back of this question, this is a little bit of a um, kind of a. So Chris, you've obviously described quite positive experiences within within your coaching, which is absolutely fantastic. And I think so. This might be something that you know possibly is not with, that you is not something you've experienced. But I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it anyway. So in your experiences or experiences maybe of people that you've worked with or coached, you know what what do you understand that makes accessing paddling more difficult? And are there, is there anything that coaches can do to address that? And obviously, with it being Black History Month, it'd be nice to understand if there are any examples that you might have heard of that that might have happened to the black communities or people that you've worked with in that space so i i think like like you said then my um my experience has been like overwhelmingly positive and i think that's that's really important to to hold that any any sort of uh like big challenges or, or issues are, are usually in in the absolute minority which i think is is one of the things that i think is really great about paddling is that um really anybody if they want to can can do it um, I, I do think uh, over the years I've, I've sort of had and experienced issues where coaches have had challenges with people um, maybe not being able to access the water or then restricting them accessing the water because, for example, they might be uh, not able to swim um, or there's, uh, there's sometimes issues with um, things like helmets being mandatory, uh, maybe at an activity centre and um, and I, and I know this might sound really, really obvious here, but, you know, sometimes people's like hair, you know, if it's in, if it's in braids or, uh, you know, I, I've got dreadlocks, they're, they're not as big as they used to be, they're a bit smaller <laughs> now, but, you know, that sort of thing can be hard to, to get underneath a helmet. And if, and if you say, for example, you know, helmets are mandatory and then, um, you know, somebody who's, who's just had their head and at the weekend or whatever, you can't, can't get it underneath the helmet. Is that, uh, is that a reason then that they can't access the water? Mm -hmm. You know, they can't get on and do the activity. And, and I have unfortunately seen that a couple of times uh, been a real problem for, uh, mm -hmm. for people getting out in the water and being told that they, they can't go because helmets are mandatory. And, and if you can't fit one of our helmets on with your hair, then you can't, you can't paddle. Mm -hmm. and, and as I say, that, that is in the absolute minority, but it's just worthwhile I think coaches and activity centers and providers considering, you know, for example, with helmets, is, is it mandatory? If somebody can't swim, is there, is there a way around that? Um, if, uh, if somebody maybe is wearing a, a headscarf or um, a hijab or something like that, is that, is, is that a reason that they can't, um, they can't take part in, in paddle sport? Mm -hmm. um, I would have thought that the vast majority of coaches would, would work around that, but but unfortunately, there are isolated instances where people say um, that it will be a problem if you're in the water um, yeah. wearing a, you know, a headscarf or something like that. And, and I'm sure we, we can typically work around that. But unfortunately, there are some isolated instances where people make that a real problem. 
yeah and it's that blanket approach isn't it like you say as coaches we're used to finding solutions to even the most random of problems and hopefully um you know hairstyles being one of those examples that you would you would look to what to work, work around and ensure that that's an accessible activity so yeah thanks for sharing that so um nowhere in in your experience what have the barriers been for um maybe fellow athletes that you're aware of within your communities or paddlers that you've been with at club for example um in terms of accessing paddling and is there anything that you feel coaches can do to help combat that okay well from uh like a yeah, personal perspective so when um i think it was 2017 uh i was basically um so it's tw- uh, 2016 it was after my sort of junior junior year sort mm-hmm. of where i did quite well at a medal and stuff like that um however i was i was currently i was doing my a levels and uh and i was oh yeah i i had to basically stay down in in london and sort mm-hmm. of yeah i was um yeah basically the only athlete uh sort of within the area and stuff like that so i had to train by myself mm-hmm. um and we sort of yeah we got we got like uh new management in and they they made it quite difficult to um like well they didn't really want to allow sort of people to get on the wall and 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 do training and go mm. by themselves and and sort of yeah uh the, and and well so what happened there with me was that um not only did i was not only was i by myself but i was mm. struggling to get access um on the water uh, um to which yeah just had the knock-on effects of yeah not not really being able to train properly mm. uh and yeah i say had had a, had a yeah a bit of an effect yeah so over the next few years so like obviously trying to get myself back in into a competitive condition and stuff like that so i say um yeah the, trying to reduce yeah the barriers of of, of not being able to, to paddle basically would, yeah. would be would be key um and yeah just do as much as you can to to ensure that yeah that, that there is access and and that, that there is support and you mentioned previously as well about how important it is to work very closely with an athlete and understand their their needs and possibly also their their barriers and some of the the problems that they might face in accessing that so that really brings that to life thanks noah so final question for you both and um chris you starred in our we paddled together video and, and actually noah you were also um you know in the background in one of our shots so both the both our film stars uh, here today but obviously during national inclusion week we land we launched our hashtag we paddle together initiative and in recent uh, months we've been focusing very heavily on our equality diversity and inclusion work and I'm just keen to get your kind of overall thoughts on on our work in this area good or bad I'm not precious about uh, a little bit of constructive criticism um, but also how you would like to see that impact on on the coaching sphere as well so Chris if I come to you first yeah, so I, I think whenever you launch anything like this, that there's there's always going to be potential for for criticism, and and I think uh, you know we've had the conversation before that it's it's difficult to get it 100% right because of course people have different opinions as well. The the thing that I think is is really important is that the the drive and the passion behind making a change comes from a really really good place. You know, it's it's with the intention of it making it better and making it more inclusive. So I, I'm really behind that. You know, when when you asked me if I'd if I'd be involved with it. I suppose I, I thought a couple of different things where I thought does does something need to change and it, and if it does what am I what am I going to do about it um, mm-hmm. and 
and I thought, yeah, it'd be it'd be great if we if we move forwards. Um, not necessarily saying that where we were was really bad, but it'd be great if we if we continue to develop. So I thought, well, what can I do? And I'll I'll be involved in in hopefully being uh, a representative on the video. So um, like some of the things that I think are, are going to be coming out of this uh, is are great. I, one thing I did myself just recently uh, was the the learning, the diversity learning, which I, I thought was great. And and like I I don't necessarily feel like I'm an expert in mm. in this field. Um, I think I've I've got some knowledge and some experience, but the the e-learning was was really useful, and I, I'm really pleased that that I did it. I just thought, oh, I just I've got you know I've got half an hour. I just I'll just see what that's like, <laughs> and and it it opened my eyes to a few things that I hadn't considered as well. So I'd I'd encourage people if they if they haven't done it, to uh, to go through and and just have a look, even if you feel like you already you already know quite a bit about this field already. So just starting the conversation I think is really important and um, or, or keeping the conversation going if you feel like the conversation has already started for you and I think is is uh, is essential and and the more we can do something different or make sure that what we're doing is right is 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 really really the way forwards I think Brilliant. Thanks, Chris. And a, a lovely advert for our EDI e-learning module. Thank you so much. That wasn't planned. Uh, and so, Noah, to you, I know you've you've been someone who I've spoken with on quite a few occasions on this particular topic. And I'm so pleased that we've got someone in the athlete body that's so interested and invested in this area. And we are a real asset to our work. So for you, what, what's your thoughts been on our progress so far? And, and what would you like to see moving forward in terms of your athlete or, or coaching body, really? Um, I just really like how, yeah, since since obviously you, you came to British Canoe and there's, I, I, there's yes, there's been action. <laughs> Big <laughs> things are happening. Um, so obviously, like yeah, for example, today um, getting us on on this podcast and stuff like that, uh, and and almost yeah, having these conversations, which um, yeah, ex, ex, yeah, expand and 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 hopefully um, yeah, help yeah help 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 the cause um yeah it's it's to me like i couldn't i couldn't ask for more yeah thank you very much for that guys um so if as a coach you want to learn a little bit more around the, the subject of equality diversity and inclusion as chris very nicely said there we've got our edie learning module um you can find that on our awarding body website on our digital library Use that, our digital library resources, the open university to engage, uh, engage yourself, educate yourself um, and surround yourself with some new knowledge around the topic. Get out and talk to different coaches and athletes about how we can improve and be more inclusive moving forward. Thank you very much for listening to this week's edition of the British Canoeing Award and Body Podcast.